Welcome to the Business Networking Show, brought to you by your partnerships. Here is your host, Lee Randall Pybus. Okay, so today I am sat looking at my Zoom screen and there's a beautiful man the other side of it in his office, all logoed up with his business name, and he is called Paul Moores. Paul, welcome to the show. That's great to see you, Lee. It's been <laughs> um, a long time. Well, you know, I've been wanting to get you on here for ages. We're, we're, this, is, this is going to be episode number 32, uh, so it's been a long time coming. Uh, so tell everybody about your business. Yeah, I'm Paul from Moores Construction. I carry out all aspects of refurb sorry, refurbishments and uh, all aspects of building works. So right from the ground up, uh, extensions, loft conversions, garage conversions, and deal very closely with um, the clients to basically create a result that they would like to see. Brilliant. Do you have a specific type of job that you prefer doing to others? Do you have like a favourite? I do. I mean, I prefer, if I'm honest, extensions just because it's just a nice meaty project. Um, having said that, it depends on the time of year. This time of year, we would, and my, you know, my team would back me up on this. We'd like internal works if we can help it because we're not weather you know, dependent. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're really pushing bathrooms and kitchens, et cetera, at the moment. And, but in the summertime, especially springtime, we, um, yeah, extensions. So, and that could be any sort of form. So it could be kitchen extensions. I'm seeing a very popular um, extending your home, etc. So you'll you want to add additional space, um, additional bedrooms. Um, and what I try and do, Lee, as well, speak to the client as well, is not overly you know create a space you would like to have, but ultimately it's bricks and mortar, it's property. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'd be potentially adding value to your home at the same time. So I, I work closely, work practically. Um, with the, what the budget's involved and ultimately the end goal, the, where we're looking to go and, and more importantly, a space they're going to enjoy for years to come, hopefully. So yeah. I'd say, yeah, it's, it's a mix. It's been on a year. <laughs> okay. Um, I was actually going to come to that. actually. just say, like, what is the process? So say I come to you now and I'd say, I would like an extension on my house. What, what process do you go through? Brilliant question. This is the, probably one of the most something I speak about on a daily basis, especially at the moment, the inquiries through the roof. Um, I, in, in an ideal world, I'd love to see architectural drawings of some description. And that's not to say it has to go through what's called planning and, and et cetera. Um, but you'd have to have some formal drawings to put through sort of permitted development um, at very uh, minimum. So permitted development is where we deal with um, sort of building control who come along and check my work is done to the, the very bare minimum of building regulations, basically. So, and I'll do well, but sometimes clients will come to me with, with not that in mind, they don't know the processes. So I would um, sort of coach them along the process. So I'd recommend an architect who'd work closely with them to come up with a design that they really like, basically. And then the architect take, takes over that design role. Um, having said that, depending on the size of the project, if, it's just, if it can be done under what's called permitted development, we can do uh, the design ourselves and put it through permitted development ourselves to save costs and depending on budget. So then I would work closely with the client to see what they'd like and what's the overall purpose. And it's surprising, actually, sometimes people um, don't know what they don't know. And it's you, when you start adding little things in or adding value, um, you know, do you, the budget of this, um, think about a if I say to someone, what's your budget? 
they're very close-minded. It's understandable. They don't want to say how much money they've got because they think I'm going to spend it all. But I'm not of like course. it's not our. It's not where I'm coming from. It's just being realistic. Um, and I'd always say, always bear in mind at least ten percent uh, sort of contingency um, for, and then that ten percent can be used for the final fixtures and fittings. You can go a bit extra on on, on things at the end. Okay. Um, so yes, yeah, so that process involved. So as soon as I have the architectural drawings to hand. Um, it's then put through either planning permission, but at the moment, because of the way things are, we can pretty much do most things under permitted development, depending if we're changing the, uh, the look of, uh, if the extension is changing the look massively to the house itself, and you would have to go through planning permission um, and to obtain planning. That can take some time. I could take up to sort of 12 weeks in some cases, preferably eight weeks. Um, so it can be a timely consuming um, sort of thing. So when someone says to me, oh, can you start it next week with an extension? Um, it's just not practical or feasible. Um, yeah. So I'd very much say have you know, a three month window where you'd like it to start. So if people are thinking of having an extension done next, next year, for instance, I'd very much get the ball rolling and, and inquire, get some costs, um, get, get a few builders involved, a few advice. And I always say, well, I'm speaking to clients, please do speak to other builders. Um, and get their comparison, their, their, their sort of advice and, and feedback yeah. of what they're trying to do. Um, and But ultimately, they do then sort of come back to me again and think, well, I didn't like that. I'll, I'll, we do this instead, X, Y, and Z. But, and then, so yeah, once architectural drawings are done, I then be able to give you uh, a specified cost uh, quotation. I like to break them down quite specifically, quite transparent in my, in my quotations. It's not mm -hmm. just one big figure and that's it, and you pay this much. It's very much geared up to each stage of the works. And I can go into detail the stage of the works, Lee, but that could be another episode again. But I very much try and break it down so you see where the costs are going. Yeah. And it's not set in stone either, um, to a certain degree. If it comes to a stage where, for instance, a kitchen extension, a big cost of that could be the kitchen. So I always recommend, let's not look at kitchens just yet. Focus on the structure first. See what we can put through planning windows doors etc and then the budget left at the end could be used towards the kitchen cost which could be another big cost involved as well okay. um so people often look at the kitchens and go shopping for kitchens before even building the structure not really appreciating how much cost will go into even the planning stages let alone the actual mm. build costs so yeah <laughs> no it's interesting i mean is there like when, obviously you're saying when you do these extensions it's ultimately it's going to create more value to the property is there like a ballpark area of how much value it can add or is it or does it vary completely yeah no good question i mean my experience very much depends on where they're living um so several factors play play a part so it's whether i mean when i speak to them about adding value that's when i'm going to see them at that property so before then i'll have an idea of the address i'd actually have a look myself of the local gdv so gdv is is the, the, the general average of house prices in that area and it's so simple to do now on, on google and you do it yourself and you can go on Zoopla, right move and see what houses have been sold for in that area and then see what they're, they're, they're sort of going for in the last two years preferably maybe the last year because um, as we know, property does go up and down in price, especially at the moment. And then you can see, okay, there's a house on, say, for example, I'm looking at a, a, a sort of um, extension potentially, um, and, and more commonly, it's, you know, three beds, houses um, in that area, um, and a couple of four beds. And I'm noticing the four beds are jumping up in value quite considerably. Okay. So that's an indicator of, oh, adding a four, four bedroom um, would be an idea because then you're adding that value that way. 
Um, sometimes it doesn't work out like that. Sometimes you, I must, I must say that the ceiling price, there is a ceiling price in most areas. So you're up there already. Yeah. Um, no matter what you do to that property, you, you'll, you won't maximize that. And, and, but then we look at the different side of things of, right, okay, if you're staying here for 10 years, um, 10, 20 years, or you're forever home, that's irrelevant. You know, you want to make it the house, the home, make this property your home more so. So mm-hmm. I look at it from both avenues. I just give people food for thought. And it's surprising the feedback of, oh, what do you think of that? And then they come back to me and have different ideas of, oh, could we do this instead? Lot of conversions, for instance, is, is a good one as well because you're using the existing footprint of, of the house right. itself okay. and the loft space itself or at a bedroom. But so, yes, it, it does depend on the property, um, what I'm, where it is. Um, but more often than not, yes, it does. Even a kitchen bathroom upgrade can add um um, sort of value as well right okay so yeah <laughs> I, I find loft conversions quite interesting because every time i go up in my loft i always think how the hell do they convert somewhere like this i'm ducking and diving everywhere to try and get around here it is yeah how do you do it <laughs> exactly that great question again but that's uh, good this could be another topic couldn't it like i said it depends i mean rule of average what i look at when i look inside a loft space i look at a ridge what's called the um the ridge line. The ridge line is the highest point of your roof, okay. And then you measure down to your existing rafters, and you want at least sort of two point four meters between that distance, preferably. Um, I say that because you would want a minimum of two point one, two point two meters headroom to satisfy uh, builder control and satisfy building regulation. Um, you can go higher. Um, you can build higher up. You can lower the floors, but we're trying to do things. Um, the most cost-effective way and if we're looking at raising up a roof which can be done that would be going down the planning route again which can be done more cost and it, it, like i said it, you're looking at the existing space so if you've got a good if you can stand up in your loft space you can get a, an extra room up there and that's either incorporating a what's called a dormer so a dormer is it's like a box on the side of the roof if you like to yep. create more more sort of floor space usable floor space if it's big enough you can put just um, normal skylights in so it's it's not so intrusive more more cost effective um there still be sort of invasive works to be involved um but yeah it it's it can be yeah you've got to think of the end in mind and i'll be honest it makes a massive difference if it's lived in obviously people don't appreciate how much how it can be so invasive with yeah. these works and the disruption that can be caused so yeah. i try and literate as much as possible of what's involved um for instance, kitchens and bathrooms, I always try and tie that in with a, um, a holiday. If you're going away anywhere, tie it in with them because then you're not missing that bathroom for mm-hmm. a week or so or a kitchen even, you know, that's a perfect time. It doesn't always work out like that and, you, and we don't really appreciate it. We even say at the end, I didn't really know, I didn't really appreciate it being this bad. Well, did, well you did say, yeah, I know, <laughs> but we sort of coped. Yeah, well, exactly. We can get away with it. And we, we try and be pragmatic as possible. Working, I predominantly work in private homes, you know, lived in homes. So it's, over the years, you just get to know what people miss the most to mm-hmm. mitigate it. Silly little things. By um, I spent uh, a week or so literally uh, feeding someone's cat every morning <laughs> because they they did they did tie in with going away to a caravan in, over in Torquay in Torquay, and they stayed in Payton. I think it was was it Payton? Anyway, it's irrelevant. But they had a problem with housing their cats, and I said, well we can take care of your cats fine we feed, feed and bless them and we've already previously been working there and they, they loved the cats loved it they loved, loved the guys they're just all over it and they they got so used to it even after the week after we left you know finished they're still sat 
by the front door waiting for us to arrive, you know, first thing in the morning to come feed them, you know. So we, we can be quite, you know, <laughs> we can be quite um, pragmatic. Is that the that's word? A, yeah. Well, yeah, that's another string now. I mean, you've got Moore's construction. You can have Moore's pet sitting. <laughs> don't, don't, don't get me tempted. That's, a, that's an idea, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I love animals. I love animals. So it didn't, didn't phase me at all. Like I said, with pets, it, you think, funny enough, pets aren't really, they're considered, but not how they should be. So I often say, like, if you've got any cats, still or duh, and what we try and do is any floorboard, any floorboards we have up, anything that's going to create a void for a cat to disappear in, we make sure we see we can see the cats because cats mm. like voids. We like to hide in small spaces. Mm. And I've had phone calls before saying, "I can't find Hiddles. I'm not sure where he's gone." <laughs> and there'd be a scratch, scratch, scratch under the floor. And he just oh, no. they, they, they've got under the floor. That's it. And they're about in the weather time, to be fair. But uh, wow, <laughs> so it's like I said, it's strange, isn't it? I mean. You see all walks of life, I'll be honest. Um, yes, <laughs> it's, it's good. <laughs> what you're saying there about feeding the cats, I think that's brilliant, you know, you know all jokes aside, because um, I, th- I really think that every business will succeed if they are helping someone. Um, and the businesses that go above and beyond always succeed even more. But you're going, you're got, they've got a problem there because they don't know what to do with the cats and you've solved the problem. I mean, and they wouldn't expect you to solve that problem because you're going in there to to do a, a build project. That's you know, true. they wouldn't expect you to say, "Oh yeah, we'll feed the feed the cats." You're <laughs> helping them. Do you see what I mean? And that creates an even better relationship with that customer. Tell you what, this is this has been said to me several times with clients. They they say to me, "Nothing seems to phase you. Nothing seems if that makes sense. Nothing seems to phase you." And what my favorite. Uh, phrase is well solutions not problems i know it's a cliche yeah. but it's yeah. true no, before they have the problem you f- you're thinking about issue and i didn't even call them problems call them issues you know as i used issues because they're not problems problems are only problems if they you make them so so mm. i i just really work closely with, with the client like i said see because the end of the day we are in your personal space and um, before you get to know us we are strangers we mm. are in your personal space and i really appreciate that you don't know us from adam um until you know there's a bit of rapport building beforehand but you don't know my guys you don't know who's going to be in that space so whatever i can do to mitigate that to make everyone at ease because like i said we see all walks of life in terms of different personalities ones that make coffee and the ones that don't make coffee there's a difference now <laughs> and it's it's that case of um as soon as an issue comes to light and yeah you can be in the middle of a of a, a few domestics between husband yeah. and wife they're dis- yeah. disagreeing on certain things but you've become part of the furniture and you and you sort of add in a you know it, the worst thing you can do is what do you think because that's it you know it's hang on i'm trying to be um no no sort of personal opinion aside or try and take sides and you try and be tactfully say okay do, what about this i told you i told you last night about and that's it you're that's it you created something there but you can't help that but like i said any sort of issues or problems that come to light i try and mitigate them before even presenting them to the client even so mm um we deal with a lot of older properties and i've got a lot of experience of older properties so the thing is it's not just the older property being old you're also dealing with you're inheriting what i call inheriting other people's workmanship yeah uncovering other stuff that's been done but they're none the wiser it's worked fine before but we're uncovering it now look at this but before that's done you, you you're creating a plan of action you've really got a cost in mind so everything's done you know it's simple peace of mind i call it as well peace of mind service so mm-hmm. it, it just helps that just along because um end of the day i could come in all guns blazing i know what i'm doing i take for granted every day but you you know the potential client doesn't and it's just making them realize and setting expectations early yeah. as much as possible 
never assume, never ever assume, even in Renee's the client mentions we've had works done before. I mean, never assume I still go through the process, what I want to do. Um, and like I said, what came apparent was, was the cat sitting, um, bless them. And uh, that's quite funny. And it's just that case of we just got used to it, fed them and, and they didn't mind the burning works at all. They were a bit apprehensive about the, the noise to disrupt them, but they came in, they sat on our benches. We sat on, they got in the way, bless them. Um, follow us around the place but yeah that's quite funny <laughs> so what's the um what's the biggest project you've ever done oh i love this biggest project yeah so i've been involved in a variety of sort of works um i'd say tall rabbi i'd say that is the my sort of i mean i wasn't the main contractor i must admit but i was heavily involved um when the tall rabbi was being renovated and sort of converted in and things back in Goodness, how long ago now eight nine years ago now was it must have been okay. seven, eight years something ago. like that i think yeah so that was another niche to the business i still run now moore's moldings um so that's my background in that so like i said i was contracted um not as the main contractor but um that was dealing with um sort of conservation of the place and that was yeah a very big project very much involved because they were trying to conserve and and keep mm. in place what was there um very much enjoyed it um i actually find funny story actually i actually undiscovered i discovered a um a piece of archaeology if you like which was completely this is how it happens this is completely you know i, I didn't realize it, what, what it was if that makes sense so i was um i think we're taking back the existing sort of fabric trying to be tentable as possible so plaster lath you know the old plaster lath sort of walls and ceilings are strips of wood with the old lime plaster on we're trying to be not taken off too much and whatever we're taking off we were putting for like flight material back again um so we weren't using plasterboard things like that and we just I, I discovered this stonework in embedded into this wall and it basically came apparent that it was our original arch window stone arch window back when back way back way when 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 it was first originally Blimey. built and the, the work ceased for a couple of weeks <laughs> while well, archaeologists came in assessed <laughs> it and they said, no, that's got to stay where it is. We've got to put a, um, an access panel there so it can be seen and things. And I wasn't, you know, from a business perspective, it wasn't the best thing ever because work ceased from what we were doing. But yeah. I enjoyed the process <laughs> at the time. <laughs> so I would say that was one of the biggest. And from my perspective at the moment, I, I generally sort of deal with um, sort of extensions, no more than value or size of, you know, um, a general footprint of sort of, sort of 20 to 50 square meters, if you mm -hmm. like. Um, and then loft conversions again, um, hadn't said that, like I said, the projects I've been involved with in the past, you know, some of them, are, it turns more into a process. You turn more into an entity. Um, you're more of a piece in the jigsaw, which is great. Yeah. Um, but with more construction, because we've, I, I enjoy the fact working closely with, uh, private clients and their household, because you so much more involved, more personable, um, you're not treated as a number. Mm -hmm. or um just another entity just another piece to the jigsaw um which is great it works it's business but i very much love the way how i do things now and i've had options in the past to go down that route um more contract work if you like yeah. um but um and more sort of commercial side but i've decided to stay what we're doing now because um, i enjoy it uh, i'll be honest so, that's good as well because you yeah. you're not spreading yourself too thin are you you're, you're doing what you want this to do Italy. yeah it's that could be so easy. I mean, the key thing is, is finding people, finding like-minded people, finding people to work for yourself. I mean, obviously I'm not just me by myself anymore. So 
Mm. It's like scaling up process, Lee, I'll be honest. You might be able to appreciate this in other business owners as well, where you go from a single entity, um, self-employment, to then bringing in staff members, bringing in guys to work for you. Um, and and you, you have this image of who you want to bring in, and it's basically yourself again. If we can cut ourselves in half or clone ourselves, it'd be a perfect world. It, it, it's, I, I knew pretty early on, it's impossible. Yeah. That is impossible. There's no such thing. And actually, what you can do, I went through, like I said, you can appreciate the building trade. Um, it can be full of the undesirables. It seems <laughs> to attract them. <laughs> so, dare I say. So, yeah, you do get that sort of entity. And I just wanted to create a space and an image where it wasn't just a roughly dufty builder. You know, yeah, a stereotype. Um, stereotype which I think I'm getting rid of now for me. People don't, you know, they often say, we know you're a builder. I'm not trying to take that sometimes. So I, is that a compliment or I don't know, but I am. But yeah, <laughs> so I, from a scaling up stage, from independency, self-employment and scaling up to bring in staff members, bring in larger projects to cope with that. And then the, you know, VAT side of things, et cetera. Um, mm. In itself, because I know guys listening to this, they can appreciate that. It can be daunting because you always think they're not going to do it how you'd like to do it mm. if that makes sense and that yeah. they're not going to even if you explain it and that was a struggle for me getting that out of my head that perfection is not possible there's no such thing and in fact perfection in my opinion turns to procrastination because you did nothing then you're yeah. worrying about if they're going to do it wrong <laughs> exactly exactly so how how did you come about to be in the construction industry please tell me that you were a fan of lego <laughs> as a child. i'll tell you what yes i've always been literally a system day dot i mean my <laughs> my dad was a, um, a bench called bench joiner so he would do the joinery of windows doors etc right. um, had, had a workshops so i've always been involved and around this industry to, to a degree um like from the workshop i remember now from a young age just hitting nails into pieces of wood um him giving me the you know, the, the, the pins are quite inexpensive and me going for the, the six inch, you know, galvanized nails and want to smash them into a bit of wood. And I grab a bit of oak or something that, you know, it's useless something rather than a scrap piece. I remember it now time and time again. Trying. So I've always been like hands on, quite handy, creative, um, yeah. always liked art and design, things like that. And then um, it's a strange one, really, how I think just naturally progressed because I've always been involved in that field. And when I left school, um, I went straight into a carpentry apprenticeship. So mm -hmm. I've always worked in this industry. I've never been in any other industry and right. hands-on experience. Like I said, the carpentry apprenticeship um, led through to the qualification side of things. But um, I think really it's a qualification is, is one thing. But with our, my industry, my opinion, with what I do as well, a lot of it is hands-on experience. You've got to get involved. And yep. Yes, I've always been involved. I've not done anything else. I've literally done a paper round and straight into the apprenticeship. That's, that was, that's my CV. Well, I mean. uh, at least people know that when they're, they're dealing with you, they're dealing with an expert. And that's what, that's what, that's peace of mind for people, that is. I hope so. Like I said, I try and be humble about it. I like to, like to think that, you know, you're only good as your last project to a degree. Um, but it's also, like I said, making people think outside the box about what they're trying to achieve. Yeah. And actually, you know, you might have a set budget, but we can work with that. And then, you know, making real life sometimes it doesn't always have to be set in stone as well, mm. you know. <laughs> For somebody with your experience, uh, with your own business as a, you know, construction and everything, what advice would you give somebody who wants to get into this industry? That's a great question, Lee. That's really good. Um, 
I knew you'd like that one. <laughs> yeah, no, no, because I, I tell you what, I'm a, a deep thinker at the best of times. So I'm going to give you a nice concise, as I'm trying to think, <laughs> try and babble myself out of this. No, it's a brilliant question because someone, because I just, it's all I've, all I've known. So when someone's seen it from the outside looking in, seeing what potentially could happen, mm. um, I would say it depends on their existing experience, where they are, whether they're young, leaving school, a school leaver, or whether they're sort of, you know, secondary sort of um, career choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, very much depends on that. But I would say hands-on experience, go for it. Don't let ego get in the way. And I say this because when you first go into construction, in my opinion, you, you've got to start at the bottom somewhere. And that mm-hmm. could be making tea, brushing, brushing up the sites. Yep. And, and I say this um, in the nicest way possible is because, because that's, that's where I started. That's where most of everyone starts to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want that side of things, that's not to say you can't go to university and go and get that construction sort of um, higher end qualification and go in a different field. Um, but even then, I would say you need to know the bare bones of the structure of the building, how ultimately how people work, mm. how the industry, not just how how buildings are put together, but look how trades work together, the contractors, the architects, the design team, we have professionals, ultimately all people. Um, and I think a massive chunk of it is how to um, build rapport, how to have a conversation, how to talk about things. And I think you gain a greater, more respect if you speak to someone who is, um, say, an architect or someone who you wouldn't necessarily assume has had a trade background, um, where they've actually been in the trenches themselves and know how it works. Because then you're not, in my experience, it might sound quite controversial, but you're not um, explaining um real simple stuff that you'd assume they would know um i've looked at several plans not mentioning any names of course but where mm-hmm. it's physically not possible to build this without getting a superstructure structure uh, train right. involved and a, a budget of 50 grand just for yeah. the site equipment um let's do this instead which you don't need any of this x y and z oh okay we just and it's just be that side of things so if someone getting into the industry I would literally would maybe depending where we want to go, but if it's for me, my, my path, I wouldn't change my path. I don't think mm-hmm. uh, because I started out with a project, um, uh, an actual um, sort of property developer sort of flipping properties and, and it was a great experience. And i looking back on it because I saw the whole diverse of, of, a, of the structure, how it's built. Um, yep. And it was that what you term as a stereotypical sort of builder banter, things like that character building, they term it now, it probably frowned upon now and it's something kind of practice myself, but you know, it, it was all done in good humor, if you like. Yep. Um, so I would, I would phone up local companies, speak to them directly, be persistent. Um, I've had it myself when someone's phoned me up and I've just said no off the cuff because I've not really thought about it. Mm. If they ring again and again and again, they're in my mind, they're in my frame of mind. And you think, oh, this guy's persistent. You need someone who's persistent half the time. So if he's persistent now, look for a job. Imagine what he's like when he's doing the job. Yeah, so if exactly. someone's ringing, emailing, Facebooking, they're everywhere trying to get involved. I just want to do this. Please just give me a chance. Give him a chance. And then you give him, I'll give his advice to someone recently and it's worked. Just don't rely on an email. You've got to be in their mind frame. Go and see them. Where do they, where do they work? Where's their place of business? Go knock on the door. Maybe not at the yeah. moment of COVID, but be persistent. Get in their mind frame. Don't take no for an answer, especially if it's a company you want to work with and work for as well. I mean, and I've, I've known this works. I've spoke to several other people who, who funny enough have flourished and gone on to bigger and better things because they started with humble beginnings, not yeah. expecting, I, I want to I do that though. I want to be plastering a wall like that guy. I want to be building a wall like that guy. 
I want to be put in the kitchen like that guy. So well, you need to understand how even a tape measure works. You need mm-hmm. to know, you know, this is, this is a skit. It's simple things like that, I think. Of they. course. Long or short of the answer. <laughs> no, no, that's perfect. That is. And it's, it's building relationships with customers, isn't it? That's, that's a real important thing. Um, and like you said, things are changing now. You know, be, people get fed up with emails all the time. Um, although there is something I've been introduced to lately called BombBomb, which is a, vid- yeah, a video email. You can actually send people an email. Oh. But like this, facing the screen, right, so they can see your face. It's a much more personable thing. And a, a lot of people apparently are getting a real good response from that, more so than they would just a written email because they're actually getting that person's like that. personality. Yeah, so, so check that one up. I think it's well. Yeah, I've, I've, I've read it down. Is it bomb bomb as in actual B-O-M-B? Yeah, bomb bomb. Oh, wow. Yeah. I love that. Have a because look. This is going off, off tangents, but we do this, don't we? Why not? But you mentioned about... <laughs> You know, massive relationship building, communication. And for me, um, with communication, so much can be misread into with emails and texts and misperceived depending how the other person's reading it. So yeah. it's, it's massive for me for face-to-face over the phone. I generally do emails, I'll be honest, to clarify things mm-hmm. or to give um, context or just to back up what's been said on the phone. Of course. There's so much terminology involved, with, especially in my industry, but every industry. And you... you you naturally assume people know things and then if they don't, that's it. You know, as soon as you assume that's it game over and, and things can start to unravel before, before you've even known it. So for me, yeah, face to face, but bomb bomb video one. I like that. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, even <laughs> so with bomb bomb, it's just a great thing of being able to like, you've seen a customer and you just do a follow up yeah. and say, you know, oh, it's great to meet you today, blah, blah, you know, love to help you. Uh, if you need any more information, just let me know. And it's just personal, you know, rather than just written down. That's bang on, definitely. That's, that's, <laughs> that's my tip for the day. <laughs> Lee, I've written it down. The tip, tip for the week. That's, that's cool. I'm, I'm going to use this now. Hold me accountable now. I've got to, <laughs> got to use this. I'm going to test, test, test. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Testing it out. It's all well and good saying that won't work, but look what we're doing now. We're doing Zoom. Exactly. Do you think, would Zoom be about if COVID didn't hit, for instance? You know, so, and I think it's diversified so many um, businesses and, and so, so how, how we interact in general. So it's here to stay, I think. And, and I think, like I said, it's, it's just looking at the positive side of things instead of um, really, you know, dwelling on what has been. And it's so easy to do that. And when you mentioned Bomb Bomb, has that been around a long time or is it just... I have no idea. Really? <laughs> no, I like that just because it makes life easier because when you leave voicemails and everything else, even voicemails mm. can be a bit drab. Whereas if, you know, if you're quite yeah. a character and you're quite extent, you know, quite you know, animated anyway, I mean, a video going a long way. Exactly. <laughs> So, Paul, how can people get hold of you if they want some work done, if they want a quote, an estimate, or just want a, a chat with a nice guy? How do they find you? Like it, yeah. <laughs> I'm always up for a chat. But, no, so for me, um, with several avenues, as we know, I mean, Facebook, so Morse Construction is on Facebook. So if you tap Morse Construction LTD um, mm-hmm. into the search, I, I should pop up. Um, I'm on LinkedIn as well, under Paul Moores or Morse Construction. Um, under the website, if you just tap in Google Morse Construction Tor Bay or Morse Construction, even I should come up there. My, my, my mobile number will be there. Come straight through to me. And like like I said, it's it's that case. So if you don't know what you don't know, and any sort of inquiries, however small, um, like I said, we we try and help where we can. There's numerous times I've given help and advice, and I've had no monetary value out of it because I just generally enjoy. You know, if it's no time at my day, it's, it's it just helps them along. Mm. Um, and it makes yeah makes makes for a better day 
Brilliant. We'll put, I'll put all the contacts in the show details anyway, so that people have got the links as well, make it easier for them. But um, oh, it's been absolutely great. Thank you so much for your time, mate. It's been great to get Thank you, you on the show. And uh, look forward to seeing you again soon. Hopefully not on a screen. Hopefully face-to-face, Lee. Looking forward to it. Thank you for listening to the Business Networking Show, brought to you by Your Partnerships. Check out all our upcoming networking events at yourpartnerships.co.uk.